0: Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney.
1: Oh, yes. Caught
0: Offside from the suburbs of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. It's a joyous evening in the United States of America. Caught Offside. Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother?
1: Oh, Andrew, it's such a great night. Uh, We are right on the edge of the Oscars, uh, and that's what everyone's here for. Um, Oscar night in America. Is there a better night? Don't think so. Uh,
0: This was necessary. Just a good old-fashioned beatdown in the most urgent of circumstances. The U.S. 5-1 over Panama in a game that they just had to have. It's a sigh of relief game. It was a uh, peak fun game, I would say, for this team, for this generation and iteration of of the U.S. men's national team. We're going to go through all of it. Uh, I've got got my notes, of course. Um, I'm just... I'm beaming, JJ. The only thing, I mean, th- there's minor confliction, and you could see it on the set uh, on, during the Fox postgame show where just like Rob Stone is still clearly scarred by what happened <laughs> in, in Trinidad. So he's just like, there's an outright refusal like th- to, to acknowledge what probably happened tonight, which is the U.S. qualified for the World Cup. And then on the other side of the set is Alexi Lalas, who's like drunk already, It seemed like in celebration that this is done. And I think that those two personalities are are currently having a a battle in my mind. Now, look, I would be even in this like time of being humble about the U.S. and being just like constantly walking on eggshells around the success of this team. Greg Shells. Greg Shells. uh, Look, you'd have to you'd have to be a fool to not acknowledge the significance of this win tonight. And that it means there's a, I mean, I can't say a hundred percent, but a 99.9999 repeating percent chance that we are going to have world cup soccer in the United States later this year. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. JJ.
1: The thing I noticed tonight was that Alexi was emotional and, and, you know, look, his life has revolved around this team, mm-hmm. you know, his, from from straight out of college into the US national team and working for Fox and working for ESPN it's it's been everything to him so i understand the emotion his plea for us supporters not a plea but his um his commentary rather that we should be proud of greg bearhalter that's going to take a little bit time to settle in with a lot of of supporters many of whom we know uh, in the online space, uh, Alexi said, screw Twitter um, tonight, which is uh, something I'll be... He, he should call that the, the next episode of his Twitter space, which he regularly has. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I was kind of with him there uh, in, in some sense, certainly in the emotional sense, um, but we're not quite there. I, I was talking to you off air, which is a thoroughly unprofessional thing to say on any broadcast. Um, why... Or where would we place an upset on Wednesday night? Like, it would have to be a collapse, a reversal of such epic proportions for the U.S. not to go to the World Cup right now, or not to go automatically to the World Cup right now.
0: So uh, let me provide context for that. So for those who, who haven't seen it or need to know, the U.S. will qualify on Wednesday night if it avoids losing to Costa Rica by six goals. All right? So that, that, that's what we're talking about here. To put that into context the united states has not lost by six goals since 1979 in a friendly against france when they lost six nil in new jersey so like that's why I'm, I'm kind of throwing humbleness out the door like this is it it would be so unprecedented yeah and so absurd that currently i have no way of even really comprehending it as a possibility now Obviously, there's always going to be the 2017 October 10th part of my brain that thinks about the worst possible scenario when it comes to U.S. soccer. But why, like, why be like that tonight? <laughs> this is one of the most fun nights we've had as fans of this team in, I mean, I don't know, almost like eight years,
1: eight years or so. Uh, I, I, I think, I think we're because of the import of this game we're adding a lot of other things. There, there, there were players tonight that, including Tyler Adams, who said, I, I don't even think we played that well tonight. And I can certainly point you to a moment in the game where at 1-0 up, had Panama done what they should have done, um, which was to rattle the net, that might have changed the course of the game. I actually don't think it would have. I think the U.S. were so much better than Panama tonight. Like it was, They were visibly better. This was not the away game. The U.S., its talent or its abundance of talent throughout the team shone through and they were miles better. This was never going to get away from them, but we're talking fun nights here. We beat Mexico at home and put in the defining performance of the bearhalter halter era. Like we shouldn't get everything. Shouldn't be the baby shouldn't be thrown out with the bathwater here in terms of what happened tonight. It was a fun performance. It was a fun night. I think there's a couple of areas which we will talk about where you saw performances that pleased you hugely. The manager got things right. His changes worked. The team was fresh. Come, uh, when there was a real fear that it wouldn't have been after how gassed and exhausted it was coming out of the Azteca. So things went well. Things were very, very good. But, um, but yeah, I, look, enjoy it tonight. You know what? Say whatever you want. Put it. Say, if this is the greatest U.S. performance you've ever seen, go well, with it. Sure. No, Who cares? I don't know that anyone has said that exactly. Well, it you said just, it's the best performance in in like eight
0: years. It's no, no, no. Fun. Fun. This was. This is like oh, if be, you're be, beating
1: Mexico. Come it, on, though.
0: Come but, on. But now. it was all building up to this. Like there was still tension around. Like those were, of course, those were fun. And and the the cup finals against Mexico. Like there have been other really fun nights. Uh, you're right, maybe, I, maybe I'm talking out of my A Alright, fine,
1: the, the, tonight sucked be By the happy... way, I, sh- I should mention that You, uh, you know, talking S uh, And talking out of your A And often sounding like a D uh, People want us to be just unleashed They want us to cuss They want us to just go mental And just say whatever we want Rather than just tiptoeing around them These words
0: Well, we're not supposed to curse
1: I, I feel like some other better paid employees that ESPN could get away with it.
0: Listen, I've listened to other ESP, many other ESPN podcasts. I think even Zach Lowe's pod bleeps his curses. Hmm. He's, he's raking in the downloads, whatever. Um, bunch of things to get to around this one tonight. So let's start with this. I think the big thing you talk about, um, you talked about coming off of the performance the other night at the Azteca and the worries around you know, fresh legs. It's, yeah. it's getting late in a lot of these guys, club seasons, guys who are playing over in Europe. Sure. Um, you know, that's something to be thinking about uh, going from that altitude back to this game in short order. It's a lot, it's a lot. Um, and I think tonight is one of those nights where this word that we have constantly been pounding into people's minds over the course of the last year or so depth, depth, depth. It mattered so much. JJ, like when when you saw the team sheet when you saw the 11 for tonight you know if we're talking about a game in Panama tonight that we've kind of built up in our minds as being i don't know maybe the most important US men's national team game of the last 5 years i don't think that's a, i don't think that's a stretch to say given the significance of what tonight held you're talking about a game like that what would you have thought a year ago if you knew Shaq Moore Paul Ariola Luca De La Torre Jesus Ferreira I mean, hell, if you want to go back a full year, what would you have thought if Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson were the center backs? Like tonight was a crystallization of all of the accumulation of depth that this team has acquired over the course of the last year or so. They needed every last ounce of it for guys who are away injured, for guys like John Brooks, who are just not in the kind of form that Greg Ball Bearhalter demands, for guys who had yellow card accumulation the other night against Mexico. They needed every bit of that depth and it was on full display tonight and it could not have come up better than it did
1: more than the depth for me was that they came in and it worked seamlessly. That's the important thing. And that to me suggests that for all our criticism of Bearhalter, there appears to be a understanding of what he's trying to do, that he can slot these players in. Now there was, there was a freakout before we understood the reasons for Reina not starting. Mm-hmm. There was a freakout over Ariola. I mean, we're talking oh, about the like. The, the freakout
0: began a couple of days ago when Shaq Moore was brought in and not Joe Scally.
1: Yeah, that that was the 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 first freakout, and I think we need to uh, address something as well. While we're at it, it's not that I don't think U.S. soccer fans uh, should have a vociferous opinion about selections and guys who come in and don't come in, and that they shouldn't be critical of Greg Berhalter. I I. I genuinely understand that. And they absolutely should. It's more that a, it gets so aggressive, but B also that the guy is in charge and we know he has players. He favors and players. He wants to work with and players that he just has trust and faith in. So your outrage, uh, it's not, it's not going to do anything. It's, it's, it's empty. Like if you give him the manager's job and he selects X or Y, that's just the way it is. And we've seen this from early on with him. He is guys he favours. He is guys he wants to go to. Now, the, some of them have fallen out of the pecking order. Some of them have remained. Acosta has remained, you know, um, his, he's settled on a center back pairing that I, I'm not sure everybody wants, but he's settled on it. And he's, he he feels like, these are the candidates he wants to play. It it just seems to me as if the understanding of the job he's, he's got his core group of guys and Ariola may not be a starter, but he's certainly one that he wants to bring in. So almost getting enraged about, it seems futile at this point.
0: Yeah, but that shouldn't stop people from feeling that way. I mean, no, just, I'm not, know. I'm
1: just saying the, the recognition of what this manager does and regularly does has got to be acknowledged at some point.
0: Well, yeah, look, and, you know fans are allowed to feel however they want to feel about anything i think it's part of the fun of of being a fan um so if people want to have freakouts over decisions made like that's that's all part of it and you know i've seen a lot of of these u.s twitter accounts kind of defending their position by saying that this is no different than how fans behave in any other sport and that is true to a certain Mm. extent i see it Uh, Certainly here in New York, I see it with the Yankees and the way Aaron Boone is treated Um, as an Eagles fan. I've seen it oftentimes over the course of the past year with Jalen Hurts, even after his good performances at quarterback. You know, there's outrage like that. It is certainly true that 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 happens. I just have, you know, I I in particular, because I've kind of been a bear halter defender um, during his time here. The only problem that I have with it is that I sometimes feel like people come from the position of like the wins are never because of him the losses are always because of him. Yeah. And I feel like those two things, I just fundamentally have a, I just have a problem with that. Like, I don't, I think we just have to try to be fair. And I feel like sometimes that doesn't happen now with regards to the last couple of days, the Shaq Moore versus Joe Scally thing. Look, we mentioned the other night when we recorded after the Mexico game, that Shaq Moore was going to be coming in. Most likely it didn't dawn on me necessarily that that was a huge controversy. You know, Shaq Moore got his chance during the gold cup was very good. Um, And, you know, I think he kind of put himself into that category of, like you said, guy that Bearhalter trusts. Yeah. So it didn't it didn't strike me that that was going to turn into something. Maybe that was naive on my part, because I know that there is a a very loud segment of this fan base that is all in on Joe Scali. And I I think I get that
1: Scali probably is a better footballer than Jack Moore. But often we see in international football that that just it doesn't correlate that. The guy that you want in there's thousands of cases across international football, or where there was, we look at a guy and you think, How did he not get that many caps? Or because he was so good for his club, it the the idiosyncras- idiosyncrasies of the manager, his favorites, the players he trusts all all ties into that. So, yeah. um, so, so
0: I certainly get it. You know, when, when I see, um, the way I hope this doesn't come off as demeaning because, like I said, I do. I love the passion of this fan base and it's grown really substantially since the U S didn't qualify last time around. Like it's that passion has exploded and that makes this all really fun, especially Mm. for people like us, uh, because you have a fan base that like we've said, despite the fact that this team plays so few freaking games, you have a fan base that is so engaged and so in love with every single action that this team takes. And it's, it's, it's very fun. But like some of the the freak out in the last couple of days, JJ, it almost reminds me of like a wedding as you get closer to like a wedding. Of course, it
1: it reminds you of a wedding,
0: (laughs) but. But like, as you get, you know, as you get closer to a wedding, there are there are things that don't matter, like when when you're a couple months out, like, oh, that, you know, you're looking at the venue and, you know, there's a table there. I don't know that we want that table there. It seems kind of in the way we'll figure that out. And then, like, it's a few hours before the wedding and the table is there. And now, why is the table there? Like, there's there's a freak out. Now it's a freak. This is where we're at now in qualifying. People are getting really, really nervous. The wedding is about to take place. The vows are happening. Like we're at the end of the qualification cycle. We're not in yet. So everything is heightened. And like, so I think you see that manifest itself in fan passion a little bit. Um, but I think that's great. I'm, you know, sometimes I I knock it because I it's sometimes things that I just disagree with. And so that's yeah, sure. kind of how it all goes. But, um, but I'm, a, I'm generally okay with it. And, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it can be fun. It can be toxic. It can be all things. But I agree with a lot of these fan groups that say it's not that much different than how other really passionate fan bases are of other prominent teams. So, so I understand it. But while we're talking about Bearhalter, I mean, let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about what we've seen here recently. I mean, you know, for this guy, JJ, really everything that he's done professionally in his life, a player, MLS manager, it's kind of all been building up to this moment to this specific week, not qualified yet for the world cup, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica on the docket. That's true pressure for a guy who's, who's been under a lot of it. Did you find it?
1: Did you find it strange that Alexi Lala said he wasn't hired to qualify us for a world cup?
0: Well, I, I understood Alexi's point. I mean, he's saying that, you know, look, this is a big deal. Be, be happy, be very excited. But ultimately like, A lot of guys have qualified the U.S. for a World Cup. He's hired to take the U.S. to a level that they haven't been to before. So I I understand what he's saying. But that's kind of, for me, that's sort of for another day. We'll have a billion U.S. World Cup preview podcasts, I'm sure, over the course of the next several months. So that's like that's where we can get into some of that. For now, I'm kind of still in, like, I think we just qualified mode. You know what I (laughs) mean? Um, But, like, it's all been building up to this moment for Bearhalter. And if you look at what he's done, really should have gotten three points at the azteca the u.s were better um yeah you know two goals that are almost inexplicable that they didn't score and then because they didn't win that now the pressure builds even more coming into this panama match and like he had a lot of difficult decisions on the table and they pretty much all paid off so like there are certainly days where criticism is warranted but if we're going to do that, then there's got to be days where he gets his flowers as
1: well, and this has to be one of those. Right. I I agree with you as we sit here now and what happened in this window. I have to put across the critical side, Andrew. The, the other side to this is that the fact that we're going into the final uh, the final tranche of games without being in a much more secured position, that's a question mark. Going to Canada and losing, that's mm-hmm. a question mark. When we look north, and and later on I will give – full props to John herdman and his team I mean they were pretty much home and hosed to, they got home and hosed officially tonight but I mean they had so much hard work done the question will remain why why the u.s made this even though it wasn't as much of a slog as even some previous campaigns have been uh, you know the fact're the fact that we're still just on the edge not fully qualified going into the last game is is a reason a reason for criticism um losing away at Panama as well. Yeah. the fact that the draw we, against Jamaica
0: coming yeah, off the there's Mexico the, win absolutely
1: you know there are there are other parts to it i i think tonight though if we, if we want to focus on tonight i think his decisions were vindicated i thought there was a great energy to the side i thought the team was set up very well i still think the team was miles better than that panama side mm-hmm. that has to be a factor two but you've got to give kudos to the manager um in 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 the in the narrow scope of of uh, of the mexico game in in the azteca and what happened tonight J.J., Keith Costigan had an interesting thread on Twitter.
0: I think it was before the game. Yeah, before. Uh, talking about Bear Halter. Kind of talking about some of the things that he doesn't often get credit for that he should. Um, some of he said he said, I don't think enough is said regarding his ability to integrate our talented young players throughout the cycle. Likes of Adams, Musa, McKinney, Miles Robinson, Gio Reyna, Brendan Aronson, et cetera, all have become very good international players, and we have an excellent core to build around moving forward in the same time span look at Mexico they look like an aging and stale team opposite of the US men uh, you know he also mentions things like culture building you know and and that's something jj that's interesting because we we probably don't pay enough attention to the fact that bearhalter is trying to get players from different time zones leagues backgrounds all together on the same page not just on the field but like but off it as well you know don't You know, no click forming between guys in MLS versus guys in Europe versus, you know, Mexican Americans. Like, it's it's not – there's a lot to that that I don't think any – if you're not inside, that's not stuff you think about. You think about tactics, substitutions, you know, who he's bringing, who he's not. Like, there's a lot more that I think he's juggling that we don't think about. And if you talk about this team from that perspective, I mean, like – their togetherness is something you can question things on the field, but like the togetherness of this group and and the way they seem to care about each other and, and love each other like that's never been questioned. And I do think that a manager you know needs to get credit for that when you see something like that take the form that it has for them.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think the team has been I don't know, it's always exhibited a kind of a, a closeness and a, there's a camaraderie there. You know, again, not to be the negative Nancy, not, to, but I'm going to put the, the other side forward, is that is probably dealing with the most talented U.S. side ever. I would say ever. Um, in terms of talent spread throughout the team. And so, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I do think that is something that, a pressure that that is on him. It's, um, it's almost like what the conversation me and you had around Frank Lampard. So when Lampard was operating, as many other to to do the kind of comparison as many US managers do, in, have have operated in the past with a smaller player pool of, of of talent. That there's almost a comfort in that. It's like, well, I can do this with what I've got. I know exactly what I've got. And then, you know, Frank Lampard gets all this money thrown at him for Chelsea and all this talent, and he, you know, it was it was almost as if he didn't know what to do with it and then we look at you know Greg Berhalter Andrew, like to be able to bring Gio Reyna off the bench <laughs> you see oh, that pa- that pass in the second half that no look pass he played uh, that found Luca Della Torre and uh, he centered for Ferreira who blazed over i mean that's a that's a standard of player and of technical player that we really haven't had and we've got kind of lots of them yeah much i mean more, much more than we used to have and i and i do think that that is another thing that can be leveled at bearholder you, you know he can't cry oh no woe was me he's got all this talent
0: that's true i i guess my my volley back to you would be um some of that in my mind is negated a little bit by the fact that it's it's literally the youngest team the u.s has ever fielded in world cup qualifying mm. you know guys who don't have experience playing in some of these kinds of environments in CONCACAF and this sort of strenuous schedule and the pressure of dealing with this. And, you know, so I, I think that that matters too. Like the U S has had teams that, you know, also to say that it's the most talented team they ever had. Um, you know, maybe some of that is also projecting forward. Like we think that, you know, the, this group of players, it certainly is, will but be I, that. but like, I, he, as we sit here today, you know that that's there might be some guys on that O two team that would that would put up a bit of an argument on that. But um, there wasn't
1: many guys on that O two team that we could say were playing at the levels that the, that the guys we have right now. I mean, even just in terms of how many Champions League players we've had over the last two to three seasons.
0: Yeah, but those guys would say that they paved the way so that these guys could be taken seriously enough to play in, in the, on those teams.
1: I wouldn't argue that point. I would just say that pound for pound. I'm struggling to remember a U.S. team that had so yeah, much. They're
0: talent. in the, they're certainly right there. There, there's no question about that. Um, but it's a group that hasn't like, they haven't really played together much, you know, there's so how many different starting 11s did we see over the course of, of this qualifying cycle so far? And even in our domestic tournament in the gold cup over the summer, that was a completely different squad. So he's, he's juggled a lot and it's, you know, yes, there have, There have been bumps like I'm not I'm not sitting here saying you're all crazy. His record is perfect. Like, no, uh, there's of course he's it's been valid for some of the criticism he's come under. Um, But he's done a good job, too. And I think, you know, tonight is a night where I think some of that's got to be got to be celebrated a little bit. Um, And the other thing that Keith Costigan in in his Twitter thread that he mentioned with Bearhalter is is Bearhalter. This kind of speaks to some of what you were saying, JJ, about you know, there are guys that he trusts. Like, Bearhalter is not necessarily a guy who gets wrapped up in reputation. Uh, and John Brooks is kind of example A of
1: that. Mm. You
0: know, he kind of entered all this where his name was kind of the first one on the team sheet. Like, if nothing else, we're like, all right, well, we got that guy at Central Defense. Now let's figure it out. And pull Pulisic up front. Now we'll fill in the blanks. Like, that's kind of how it was. This guy's healthy now. He can't get in the team. Uh, so, and like, that's controversial in itself.
1: Well, when you see, when you see Walker Zimmerman play that, and again, I know the caveat it's Panama, but the, when he strode into midfield for the the second goal, for the areola goal, where he pings that pass over the top and uh, that was for the areola goal, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it was for Pulisic, cuts it back, Robinson, great header. You know, I, I Zimmerman's impressed me. Yeah. And... Again, in, in, in the arguments, like, personally, I did not see his ascent coming. You know, um, I, 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 I liked him at, at LAFC, but not that much. And then when he went to Nashville, no disrespect, I thought that was a step down to an expansion team. But when he puts on the U.S. jersey, he's been pretty composed and has formed a nice partnership with Miles Robinson yeah. there. It's so, interesting,
0: though, because like his move, you know, LAFC, like it's kind of maybe we should have seen it coming. Like he left LAFC and it seemed like they had a hard time defensively after that. Meanwhile, Nashville kind of were good. Like they were solid, you know, fairly quickly in the process. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe we should have seen that coming that he was a big part of both of those things. Um, and you're right. The partnership with miles Robinson, I mean, talk about things you didn't see coming. Um, but that's, it's, here we we them. Yeah, here we are. Um, You know, one of the things that was fun about tonight, JJ, I wonder what you what you think about this. Um, Like we're talking about this group, how young they are. Um, This was like pressure was on high tonight. You know, this was like you kind of you were kind of staring down your World Cup mortality. Like there was there's another path that this could have gone had this had tonight not gone the way that it did, where we'd be we'd be sitting here doing this podcast right now, petrified. Over over what was potentially to come like that was what was at stake tonight and for them to explode the way that they did for the better. um, That was that showed me something. Honestly, they scored four goals in the first half of the match. Uh, They had four first half goals in all of World Cup qualifying (laughs) combined up to this point. Um, You know, that's that's kind of how you answer the call. Uh, this is just the third competitive game in the last 30 years that the U.S. led by four or more goals to, uh, to zero for the opposition at halftime. And the other two have been against Cuba, one in 2019 and one in 2015. So they they answered the call tonight. It was, it was nice to see.
1: I thought the intensity of the performance. Now, they weren't exactly great for the first 10 minutes. I agree. That's, that's, um, in, that's
0: worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like they were. I, I thought Panama settled quicker. Um, and then it kind of just, I mean, the penalty was a huge thing to go their way. It was massive. It was, it was as if when that ball hit the net, there was a huge exhalation. There was like a deep sigh was, was breathed out across the stadium and the U S could settle into a pattern and start to play. And that was important. But very soon after that goal went in was the stupidest goalmouth scramble in the history of, of Concacaf are one of the worst, or Anthony Robinson gives the ball away. I mean, how that ball doesn't end up in the net, and if that's one one, it changes the complexion of the game. Maybe Pan- Panama grow more Maybe. into it, but even I still,
0: I don't know that what the US were ever losing
1: this one. But um, I get what, I get your point. I'm just saying, and uh, but but the, you know, the, obviously the the Ariola goal was so timely then to, just to be in such a commanding lead at halftime was, was just sensational, really. And, and Bearhalter talked about the intensity, and I do think for most of that first half, you saw that intensity. I also thought that uh, Christian Pulisic was popping up in, in kind of more advantageous, more attacking areas further up the field. We saw it a couple of times. Uh, there was one point where he had a shot blocked, and I thought, well, I haven't seen that in a while. He's not dropping deep to receive the ball, although he did do that during the game. He was closer to the box, received it. And and I think that was key as well. And and that's something that they've got to continue going forward is get the ball to him in positions where he can do damage rather than necessarily... Like, there will be times in broken play where he can collect deep and and run at defenders. That's going to be great. But more often than not, you want him doing damage really close to that penalty box. And I think they did more of that tonight. Um, But, yeah, I, I had to agree with Triple G. The intensity was huge. And it um, once they got a head of steam going, and I often read about um, how the stats guys on Twitter, who I've come to respect hugely, but they, they don't believe in momentum, really. Some of the proper football men terms, they just kind of cast them aside. Um, but I do believe in the momentum of a game. I do think it's a thing. I do believe in confidence. I do believe in if you can get a downhill run on a team, um, you can overwhelm them. And I do think that's what happened tonight.
0: Uh, yeah i agree um i think panama felt that as well i want to talk can we can we you mentioned pulisic can we talk a little go a little deeper sure i mean cliches 101 your best players have to step up in your biggest games
1: in Uh, these moments this is where heroes are made
0: but you know it's funny though we can we can like mock that and and you know pretend that that's all just cliche nonsense greg bearhalter made him the captain tonight that didn't happen by accident like that's usually tyler adams so i think right out of the gate bearhalter was kind of sending Polisic that message like you're our guy i don't know if if like bearhalter was feeling behind the scenes that his confidence was in any way shaken that you know some of his performances while while overall he's had a good qualifying cycle for the u.s Um, You know, some of these games we've kind of been left wondering, like, you know, why aren't we seeing it as often as maybe we thought we would be seeing it. But like Bearhalter kind of put it on him tonight and said, you're our captain. Like, go go out and lead us. Yeah. And a hat trick, a hat trick, (laughs) JJ. That's how you that's how you step up.
1: Let's not uh, let's not dilly dally. Uh, That's got to be. Was it his second? His third goal has got to be one. of. It's definitely your favorite Pulisic goal that he scored. I would think. Uh, forget context just in terms of the way he took the ball, controlled it, the way he beat the players, just the class, the skill of the goal. That's gotta be, it's probably one of your favorite U S men's national team goals of all time. I would think, boy, what a
0: question. I mean, for him. Yes. Uh, I'll answer that part. Yeah. Like I can't think in terms of just like the aesthetics of a Christian political. I mean, good luck finding a better one than that. That one was, it was stunning. That was like a yell out. I, I was watching the game kind of alone tonight and I, I yelled out loud when that, it was one of those kinds. You like yelled out up. in the
1: tweet that you sent me. What, I don't, I tweeted at you? I didn't, I wasn't tweeting. Or not tonight. the tweet, the, the text you sent me. Uh, it, well, what did I send? No, it was just, it was just so effusive. It was full of joy. Oh. It, it seemed like yeah. a, almost like a scream. Uh, Grant Wall, as Grant can tend to do, uh, goes in big time on that goal. That touch from Pulisic was some Bergkamp stuff. Mm, wow! Now, yeah. Oh, here comes JJ. No, I'm I'm even less. Well, I'm. Ooh, I'm gonna annoy. How can I annoy two fan bases at once? I'm not <sighs> You'll even. You'll find a way. I'm sure. Twenty years on, or must be close to twenty years, right? Since Bergkamp did that at Newcastle, I'm still not a hundred percent sure <laughs> that he meant it. <laughs> <laughs> um, why uh, are you the way that you are? I, I'm a thousand percent sure that Pulisic didn't mean that, <laughs> but he but he reacted brilliantly. Actually, the, the touch that goes through the legs of the defender is by far the filthiest touch. It's the best touch of the lot. Um, but again, why am I doing this? Why am I even questioning the man?
0: Hey, just embrace embrace your inner self. It's who you are. That's fine. And we love you anyway.
1: Oh, the Arsenal fans. You can can you hear the footsteps as they they trundle towards our Twitter right now as they Arsenal,
0: the Dutch,
1: the Americans. Dutch, the I mean, you
0: completed the hat trick of, of pissing people off in just one
1: sentence. I think he meant it, but I don't know how much he meant it, if that makes sense. Uh,
0: I get look, I get what you're saying. Because like if you really break it down like millisecond by millisecond, on that first touch, he kind of looks in another direction almost. So I don't know that he necessarily knew. That Perfect. the ball was going to be where it wound up being, but but like his reaction to then brilliant. kind of like brilliant to then go around the next defender who was bearing down on him was unbelievable. Yeah. and then the finish, like God, what a goal! What it might a be, goal!
1: It might be for all I said, it might be my favorite Pulisic goal. Might be. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of one better, and it's I'm having a hard time. I'm having yeah, a hard was, time coming it up truly with truly great. Um, you you talked JJ about the way he was kind of being utilized tonight. We said this the other night about you know how he's been collecting the ball 45 to 50 yards from goal, and maybe that's you know he's trying to dribble by guys, but sometimes there's just not quite enough space for him to do that. He's best when he's in space. He's fast. Let him have those chances. In my uh, meticulous note taking, JJ, I, I have here third minute, like the long ball over the top to Pulisic. He didn't actually retrieve it. But he put Mario under pressure and won a throw in. I like it.
1: <laughs> hey, you should send these notes to Greg.
0: 23rd minute. My notes, they read Goal, long ball to Polisic from Zimmerman. Anthony with a, another chance created, and Paul Areola elevates to make it 2 0. Um, but they were doing that tonight. And look, I'm not. How many oars did you put on it? On On goal? No, no, no. Only one. I spelled goal normal, but four exclamation marks to really Ah, emphasize the moment. Nice. (laughs) Just for me. This is just for me. Um, And look, I'm not trying to This diehard podcast fans will enjoy this. I'm not trying to go all Charles rape on people, but like
1: Charles rape.
0: I think that this is something that like Pulisic thrives in this because if if a team is going to be playing a little bit higher of a line, like there was space behind Panama's defense. And so like He's the fastest. Well, no, Anthony Robinson's is the fastest guy on the team, but like, he's really, he's super fast. So you, so you, he, like he can, he can, if you put a ball into space behind a defense and in a place where like a goalkeeper can't necessarily come out to get it, Walker Zimmerman did it beautifully. Pulisic will run into that and he will create problems for an opposing defense. It's not the only way to utilize him. I think that like you can, you can do that, mix that in with him, getting the ball 40, 35 yards from goal and seeing what he can do. But um, you know, I, I like to see both elements of that in his game.
1: And, and you saw it tonight. I love how you're turning into a, a Graham Taylor, Sam Allardyce. Send it. Go long. Hit les. Charles Reap style. Charles that. Reap. Charles Reap. Um How many but, people are just listening to us say Charles
0: Reap and having a clue? That's OK. I mean, uh, how many years ago we, we did a special podcast uh, 30 for 30. Was it them that did a, a, a profile of Charles Reap? Yeah. And like his long ball tactics for England. And And so so they
1: they set basically Charles Reap's tactics set out the future of English football and he'd made a mathematical mistake. He said that most goals come from a ball that's hit X amount of yards directly into the penalty box. And Mm -hmm. this became chapter and verse biblical scripture for English soccer for about what, 40 years that they taught it at their academies and um joe sykes from formerly of uh, this parish of 30 for 30 podcasts well um they talked about how that discovery the mathematics behind it were wrong <laughs> so that's yeah, why we and, keep saying Child. And
0: joe came on our podcast to talk about it and it was actually really interesting i, yeah. I always enjoyed it but um yeah so that's that's what that is but um Pulisic, though, that obviously two penalties. So I don't know, like there are some people that will put an asterisk next to a hat trick
1: that includes two penalties. Oh, God. And you say, I try to suck the fun out of things. I said some people,
0: okay? I am not one of those people. Penalties, I think, when you're getting ready for an international tournament, like the World Cup, of course, uh, I mean, for the love of God, how important is it to know that you have a, a truly reliable penalty taker? Like I, I think that watching him convert these over and over again for the U.S. It just it's got to fill you with some kind of confidence. The hope is that the U.S. get out of their group stage. I mean, we're looking way ahead, but what the hell? This is this is fun. But, you by get the out way, of the group, can... you get into the knockout round and maybe you find you wind up in some kind of penalty shootout, and like you got to have those guys that you can rely on. So yeah, kick penalties all day.
1: I'm good I, with it. I wanted to ask you about. I mean, we we're, we're again we're dancing around the greatest tactical innovation of the night something we've never seen before, which is the penalty butler. (laughs)
0: What? I'll tell you what,
1: what a role.
0: Two things. First off, um, credit to, to Fox. Like, so Jesus Ferreira is holding the ball. And in my head, I'm thinking like, this is, do they know how important this game is? What Like, no offense to Ferreira, but, like, Christian Pulisic has been knocking these in beautifully for the U.S. for the most part. Like, he's the leader. He's the captain. It's like, give the guy the damn ball. What's going on? Mm. Like, stop, stop overthinking this. Typical overreaction from you. Okay. But, like, yeah, okay. But, but, like, Fox was on it, man. Like, before I could even really get upset, like, I, I fired off a, a text to you. But before I could then, like, really get, like, too worried about it, they were like, I bet this is a decoy move. Um And sure, and obviously, it was like they they gave they they thought of everything. They gave Ferrera the ball so that like whatever s Housery was going to happen beforehand, it would be geared. He would he would <laughs> be the one to take it and then hand the ball to Polisic, and everybody would be left there feeling dumb. And like the penalty, so I, bo-
1: I like it. The penalty butler, Bitterman, Bitterman, bring me my ball. <laughs> Thank you, Bitterman. But I think you could read Ferrera's lips.
0: Somebody came up to him on the U.S. I don't know if it was Ariola. Somebody came up to him. And said something, yeah. they were probably like, dude, like what are you doing? And and Ferreira smiled and I think you could read his lips and they said, It's Christian.
1: It's Christian. Yeah. I think like, that's what yeah, Ariola came over like interjecting.
0: Um, like, uh, right like i don't mean to get in your head jesus but like uh are you sure you want to do this like no, no don't worry
1: yeah by the way uh, what All if uh, what if Herrera was scheduled to take the penalty and Ariola's over there completely crushing him right like, look you're not good enough to do this what are you thinking <laughs> and we, i don't remember if it was Ariola. it was it was Ariola. it was okay yeah um, but anyway penalty butlers everyone needs to have them
0: brilliant i love that they that they did that uh, but yeah, Pulisic did a nice job. Keeper guessed right on one of them, but it was perfectly placed, had enough velocity on it. Um, so it's nice. It's nice having that 21 goals now for him, for the U S that's tied for seventh most in U S international history. He is three behind. Uh, I would ask you to guess, but it's a tough one, three behind Joe Max Moore. So that's who his eyes right. are set on next. Joe Max Moore. Yeah. He had 24. Yeah. Oh. Um, and he's is the sixth US player with a hat trick in World Cup qualifying and just again like what a moment to do it in when all the pressure is on and everybody's looking at you to perform so i was i was genuinely look i'm happy for all these guys but you know he he for whatever it's all on it feels like it's on him which all is but like he's he's the of course it's ridiculous but he's the guy that 60 minutes did a profile on you know he's the guy that kind of like charted this course in Europe of like performing for Dortmund as a teenager in the Champions League against Real Madrid and then becoming Chelsea's number 10 like scoring in a Champions League against Real Madrid um, semi-final like you know it's it he's the face of this team whether or not you can argue if McKinney's the best player or if when rain is healthy is he the best player is Tyler Adams the most important Uh, we can have those debates but in terms of face of the team it's him so like and, and the stress of that, I think, has has been bearing down on him at times. And I don't think he he hasn't avoided that. And I think they've talked about that. Uh, so for him to get a hat trick when the pressure was at its peak, when a lot of those other guys that we're talking about were either just coming back from injury and not able to give 90 like Reina or, you know, McKinney, Aronson, these guys are out. It was on him tonight. And what a response. I was really happy for him.
1: He's the uh, LeBron James of soccer. So it's, it's a tough place to be.
0: Uh, JJ, we should, you know, whenever there's penalties in key games, the the microscope comes out, the magnifying glass comes out your thoughts on the decisions.
1: First one's a penalty. They got it right. It was a good use of VAR, albeit, um, I thought Zimmerman went over quite dramatically. By the way,
0: he'd be insane not to a guy just threw like, cause 'cause Godoy put his hands to Zimmerman's face once Mm -hmm. and Zimmerman didn't go down but I'm sure in his head, he's thinking you touch me again. There's going to, you're going to have a problem here. And he did even harder. So Okay. Did he make a lot of it? I don't know. Maybe a little, but he'd be stupid not to
1: No, of course. And I I honestly think if he stays upright, he doesn't get it. So, um, so he was right to do it. It was a stonewall penalty for me, uh, especially when you uh, add VAR into the mix, which they have done now for this stage of the qualifying. And did you
0: think it was a handball too?
1: Uh, No, I didn't. Um. I mean, I don't think so. Uh, and the second penalty was not a penalty, but okay. Mm. I mean, wow! It, it was it was. If Godoy, I'll put it to you this way: if Godoy is going to make himself so awkward and generally just dangerous to his team in the box with the flailing arms, then you leave yourself open for for these uh, these infractions.
0: Correct. You got some nerve as him as as Godoy like to have done that once already got called for it and now you're going to do it again like you're going to have your arms up and defend like Stop. that again yeah yeah so and then
1: to add to one of the weirdest nights we've seen in a long time for an individual he scores a goal right at the end yeah yeah
0: that's true um but yeah i thought the first i, I thought the first one definitely was the second one i would say that it yeah it was probably it was maybe a little soft but i don't does that mean it wasn't a penalty there can be can there be different degrees of penalty? Can oh, something sure. Be a soft penalty, but still be a penalty. I guess well, we've got a
1: stonewall penalty, and then we've got a soft penalty. So in right. between, we've got layers of mush. Of course, okay.
0: yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was generally generally good with with those decisions. I thought. Uh, any uh, other standout performers tonight, guys? Who maybe we haven't mentioned? I mean, obviously, we talked about polisic He's you know he's your hat trick hero for this one. But a couple other guys, JJ, that we haven't talked much about that I want to make sure that they get their love too. Um, JJ, the more I watch Luca De La Torre, the more I'm starting to feel about him the way that I felt about Brendan Aronson. And right. I don't necessarily mean from the perspective of like what what their game is, like how they play. Right. I don't mean like that stylistically. I mean, the more I watch this guy, the more I feel like it's hard. It becomes harder and harder to justify not playing him like Aronson did that through his performances. Like at first he was on this team and you're kind of thinking like, okay, the super energetic player, like he'll be a great super sub for this team if it's tight late and you bring on these fresh legs. But the more you watch them play, you're like, this guy's great. He's got to play all 90. He's that important. Uh, I'm getting there with De La Torre, uh, where the more I watch him, he's so damn calm. Yeah. Like I just, whenever he's on the ball, I just, feel comfortable with whatever it is that's about to happen, whether it's his decision-making in driving play forward or just like the weight of his passing, you know, he helped set up uh, the goal with, with the uh, the third goal. I think it was the ball that he played uh, to Shaq Moore, who then sent it to Areola to then Ferreira. But mm. like, I just, I don't know. I, I just enjoy watching him so much. I love his game.
1: I don't think it was as spectacular a performance as the last one that really brought, um, Brought him to our attention, but I, I totally agree with you. Now, it's a crowded field for those midfield spots when everyone's fit, it's tough to get a look in, but he's definitely a am- baby. What's that?
0: Depth, baby.
1: Depth, exactly.
0: You never have too much of it, um,
1: but I think he's he's certainly uh, an option, and I agree with you. He's he's just very comfortable on the ball, and I would think, I mean. I'm talking. It's too. It's too soon to talk about squads. We're we're, we're too far away for that. But oh, for me, he, he's no. He's I. I think he's become someone that uh, Berhalter can rely on to come in and play. And if he had to even start in games, I think he's. I he's impressed me hugely. And I have to be truthful. I haven't seen very much of him outside the U.S. Men's National Team. And every time he he steps on, he he plays. He plays superbly well. Um and yeah, he was the he was the first one I wrote down. Outside of the the obvious um that we that I wanted to talk about tonight because in the last game he played, and you'll forgive me because I forget which one it was, but his ball, his ball progression and the way he carried the ball was was absolutely excellent. And tonight I thought his passing was pretty good too. Um like I said, it's a crowded field for the midfield there, but um absolutely excellent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, he really could have had um an assist in the sixty first when he played in that ball to Ferreira. From pretty close range, he oh, yeah. went one over the bar.
1: But that I mean, that, that, that could
0: have easily rattled the back of the net.
1: That move deserved a goal because of um, uh, private Reina's um, no look pass. A uh, good old jarhead found the pass, and um, what a haircut for Reina! did you even, you didn't notice? Of course, I noticed. Good lord!
0: <laughs> I don't know that I. It was shorn pretty tight.
1: Total and utter jarhead. Um, yeah, kind of. I, kinda, I, I didn't know what to do, whether to applaud him for the pass or thank him for his service.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, they there they were a couple guys that had looked like they got uh got snipped in the last uh, few days.
1: And Busio looked like he had not been snipped. Um, no, that's he, that's his style, man. I love it. He had some additions.
0: Uh, so that was De La Torre. I also wanted to mention Paul Areola, um, huge goal. He's 5 foot 6. Yeah. Like he rose up to get to that. I mean it was a great ball from Anthony Robinson. Um that you know that had a lot to do with it. Um but Ariola they they highlighted on Fox like he ran you know he, he identified where the space was and that chemistry that he must have with with Robinson, you know, knew that that's where that ball's going. He got there. Um uh, again, one of these guys who is, you know, an MLS guy, FC Dallas like This is, these are the guys that kind of come under criticism when you see their names in team sheets. And I've always said that Areola's game, like what it's kind of, what it's sort of generated into, he's a, he's the designated havoc wreaker. And I love when that's out there, it just adds this kind of variable that is hard for other teams to account for. And, you know, a guy who came back from a really serious injury had to work his way back into the national team picture. And he's, you know, this is Their biggest game of qualifying and he scored one of the biggest goals of it and that was you know again talk about guys that you're happy for he would be right there near the top of the list really really glad to see that Um, you have any other guys that you wanted to identify
1: Uh, not particularly from tonight there was uh, on the on the other side of the ledger there was some commentary on Zach Steffen who obviously didn't have a ton to do tonight but there was a couple of moments where people weren't exactly we got a few tweets uh from people questioning I don't know his, his performance tonight that he was a little bit shaky um we we thought he was injured early on certainly the bench did the u s bench did Horvath started warming up um yeah just I, I look well
0: he helped prevent that like you talked about the crazy goal mouth scramble yeah he helped make sure that that was not gonna be a goal like he he that ball was Robinson gave it away was played in and that ball's going in. Like that, there's going to be a header there at the far post, and it's going in. But Stefan comes for it, and I think he, he gets just enough on it to prevent that from happening. And then, yeah, craziness ensued. But I thought that was actually a good moment for him.
1: Yeah, but there was the other moment, Andrew, where he came yeah, he dropped the ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he gets caught under the flight of the ball and he he got lucky and retrieved it. Look, I have my reservations about him, period. They're well documented. I'm not going to go over them again, but um, it seems as if I wasn't alone in that. Uh, other than that, there wasn't uh, – I didn't have anything else to say about anyone else. It was it was one of those nights where it was such a comprehensive victory that um, uh, maybe a lot of better performances, uh, you just – they're not noteworthy as much because, um, because the team were so dominant.
0: Uh, so I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. Uh, let's take a quick break. Um, don't, when we come back on the other side, there's a couple other kind of like extraneous things from tonight, stuff around this game, certain – movie trailers etc um, that I, I wanted to mention as well and I, it sounded like you wanted to give props to canada i'm still bitter that they didn't help us out the other night but it's all good it's all good it's all Concacaf calf love jj uh, so we'll go ahead we'll take a quick break when we come back on the other side we'll we'll wrap things up don't go anywhere oh back now on caught offside a lovely lovely night here in the United States of America, you are
1: you are full of it tonight, my friend.
0: Right there, you know. I was thinking I was going to probably wait until they officially qualified, but whatever. I can say it again, I guess, if that happens a few nights from now. We've done you and I in this podcast have done everything in soccer together. Like we've we've done a couple World Cups, Euros, Champions Leagues, like pretty much everything in this sport. The mm. only thing that we have yet that we have not actually done yet is, is do a show the night of the U S qualifying for a world cup. No. Cause remember our, our podcast started right before the world cup in 2014 in April. So like mm. everything in qualifying had already been done. We've never <laughs> together done documented a successful U S world cup qualifying run. That's crazy. And so we're, so this is like we can, this is the last box, I guess for us to tick. Um, It is including like the U S winning a world cup, Uh, but I don't know. Is that box on there? Uh,
1: I I feel like that box is housed away somewhere that we're not sure where the box is.
0: That's the dream. That's the dream. Maybe not for this one, but let's talk four years from now. But anyway, that's, (laughs) that's for another day. Um, (laughs) JJ, uh, before we get out one thing, uh, one last question that I had here for tonight that I wanted to go over you. Um, Not from like a soccer sense necessarily, but I was kind of keeping tabs of what was the worst decision tonight, with a couple nominees, which is fitting on this night of the Oscars. Um, my nominees for worst decision, and I'm uh, this wouldn't be my selection, but you've brought it up. Reina's haircut. If you want to throw that in, seems yeah. like that, you're bullish on that.
1: I would like you to add a, a Pulisic, um outside a Jersey Shore club at two a.m. fight. <laughs> well, that, like a. I- a hold me back kind of fight? Oh, a total hold me back kind of what what was he doing though? Why Every, like, everything T-
0: Tyler Adams is borderline man of the match for getting in there and making sure nothing came yeah. from that?
1: And the but he was so hyped, he was just completely hyped. Um somebody had said something about his girlfriend and he got told, Hey, bridge and tunnel boy, go back to wherever, or maybe even go back to Pennsylvania, and then uh, you know a bottle was thrown in this case it was a, a soccer ball i'm just I'm just talking you through because I've seen this almost I used to live on the shore every uh, night okay. we every night we went out we saw this exact same thing play out mm-hmm. the only thing was that there wasn't so like two or three screaming uh, girls who were like begging them to stop <laughs> in, involved in the thing um and and generally punches didn't get thrown generally speaking right however wow. ed ed hardy t-shirts did get ripped oh I <laughs> oh, oh my goodness boy that's taking
0: me back yeah i don't man. i never owned one but i can you so could they... not wear a bedazzled t-shirt no 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 oh, no
1: oh, i want to buy you one now uh, oh i can, want to get you one I with my already, face on it like, i can wait.
0: already feel the animals on reddit superimposing my head on some ed hardy body Ugh. um my other my winner for worst decision of the night though i think i hate to do this it's kind of raining on the parade but like did you i caught a quick glimpse of it yeah the banner what what? (laughs) they held up a banner that said qualified yeah this is like when you hear the reports after game five of the world series or whatever and a team goes up three two that like the report is leaked of what the parade route is going to be like slow down hold on a sec like Let's wait till it's done before we start publicizing this stuff. Like they're holding a banner that says qualified and they're not. Ugh. Yeah, they're, I mean, sure. That's like as close to a hundred percent as you can get, but let's not do that. Let's not even like, I just thought that was a weird look. So that's my winner for worst decision of the night. Yeah. Um,
1: I think uh, the other interesting thing, I don't know how you call it a worst decision. Uh, worst. De- I don't know if it comes into that. Kind of category, but there was an advert that ran quite aggressively uh, throughout the Fox broadcast for a film called High Expectations, which, by the way, is a terrible name for anything. Just no.
0: I was confused at first. I was like w- looking for Miss Havisham.
1: Yeah, great, great expectations, right? But no, it's uh, this really made waves on social media. People were into this. Kelsey Grammer is Jack Davis, who finds himself adrift after his father, a legendary soccer coach, cuts him from his renowned soccer team. Depressed and searching for purpose, Jack takes one last last shot at his lifelong dream by trying out for a rival club. I guess that can't be Kelsey Grammer.
0: No, Um, no. Jack Davis is Taylor. That's Taylor Gray playing Jack Davis. Kelsey Grammer
1: is is the legendary coach, Davis. Oh, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Um, Also starring Ben Vandermeer. Andy Matheny. Don't make fun of these people. Josh you, Ventura. These people are all better than you. All right. Wes Jetton. <laughs> and as if you wanted the all-star cast to be complete, what? the one, the only, Mallory Hoff. All right. So we first of all, you and I, we're seeing this. Yeah. Okay? Oh, 100%. By the way, I'm not making fun of them. It just, it just seems no, It has a bit of a Chad Chadinson sound to it. <laughs> Ali Brooke and Brooke Siller in it too. We should mention that we're seeing this movie. We're going to do a full
0: Bill Simmons rewatchable style breakdown of it. I mean, this is, this feels like I remember after I watched uh, United passions, which sometimes when I say it, I, I, people who aren't aware, I'm sure they think it's porn. (laughs) Just the title of it. It's not, it's about like how the world cup came to be. And it's, it's horrifying. Uh, but it was on TV one night at uh, really late. Again, sounds like porn. And so I tried to watch it. I got through about forty-five minutes to an hour, and I was disgusted. And oh. uh, so this maybe this goes into that category of there's just like not a ton of great soccer movies. No,
1: there aren't. Um, I'm looking at the poster, which some of you got to see on Fox. So it's oh, Kelsey yeah, Grammer I mean, there, so and he's
0: by the way, the movie's almost two hours long.
1: Oh no, no. His arms are folded. I have a bad feeling. It's going to be on HBO Max, I think.
0: Oh, really? Uh, I think so.
1: I'm so weirdly excited for this. I can't (laughs) even tell you. I Uh, think this was, I feel like this was trying to harness the energy of Ted Lasso when this was presented to someone.
0: I'm going to go into it with an open mind. uh, My
1: mind is. No, that's not how you operate. Oh, no, no, no. I'm watching the trailer with the sound off. Oh, I've seen, I've seen the first soccer specific clips in it. Oh, sweet Lord. No. Oh no. We've,
0: uh, people were, yeah, this, I don't know why sometimes things just resonate differently. Um, but like this took off on, it, on Twitter during the game when
1: people saw it. So I kind of feel like it's not going to be good, Andrew. Now we should try. I mean, we should try and get Kelsey Grammer on the podcast to explain why he's doing this to himself and to his career.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you have the. I can picture you asking an acting legend that question.
1: You are such a coward and you would never do that. I, I, I. Sorry, this is a this is a guy who had an unbelievable comedic career in the nineties, and um, this this feels like (laughs) I don't know why he's doing it. I'm I'm already looking up screenings. Regal Battery Park. Let's do it together. Let's you buy the popcorn.
0: Okay, fair. Uh, I'm in. I'm seeing it, and we're we're breaking it down. Uh, You got anything else, JJ, on on this
1: wonderful evening? Uh, Just just to talk about Canada briefly, Andrew, because. They are the kings of Frank, CONCACAF right now. They sit atop the, um, the table. Uh, they qualified with a 4-0 victory. Well, I mean, they were already there, really. Uh, but they, they got it done. They got it over the line, qualifying for their first World Cup since 1986. Mm. That's, just, that's just tremendous. A 4-0 win over Jamaica. Kyle Lahren, Tejon Buchanan, Junior Hoylet, and uh, an own goal from Adrian Mariapa to round things off. On a on a pretty bitter day at BMO Field in Toronto, but that's their
0: rise is it's really incredible. Um, I mean, when you see the names, no one should be shocked because these are legit, really, really good names. And the fact that they've done a, a good chunk of this qualifying while Alfonso Davies has been hurt, who's their best player, the best player in the region, yeah. um, you know that says a lot about how good they are. So, yeah, full, full plaudits, man. I give yeah. them all the credit. I think,
1: and I think, you know, their manager, we talked, we've spoken about him before, Herdman, and just what he's come in and done with that team, um, I think he's been absolutely brilliant, Andrew. And they have a very clear identity, a clear way of playing. And you say, well, it's no surprise. Well, I still think that you put their squad up against ours, where they're playing, the standard they're playing at, we come out better. But I think they have an even clearer, right now, identity and a clearer pattern of play than any other team in this region and they they have absolutely strolled through qualifying and it is worth noting that they had to play in the first round because of the seedings they had to play in the first round now I hear what you're saying oh they had to play Suriname and Bermuda and Aruba and the Cayman Islands no, I don't care you're right though I get it I don't care they had to do it and they had to come all the way through and to top the group in regular qualifying in the final round and I They've been a joy to watch losing yeah. so far, losing only one game uh, An absolute credit to, to Canada shows the direction in which the football uh, in which soccer and the game is going up there and um, kudos to them. They yeah. are, they are the best team in, in this region right now.
0: But if we're going to end this though, I I've got to end it on a pro triple G note. <laughs> of course you do. I can't let, I can't let Herdman have the last laugh. <laughs> so th- I saw this tweet from Brian Foley. Now this was from before, tonight a game where the u.s scored five goals so just and panama did very little they wound up scoring a goal but they did very little in this game so just think about that when i read you this brian foley he puts this out he said the stat that triple g was looking for if world uh, world cup qualifying standings were based on xg difference alone canada's was plus seven they'd be third mexico plus nine the u.s their xg difference in World Cup qualifying, plus 11.3. Again, that was before tonight where the U.S. scored five. Okay, So, generating opportunities while not conceding a ton.
1: That's good. Very, very good.
0: We all know that all of this is judged solely on XG difference, so all is well. We finished top of the group. Um, But there you go, J.J. We'll be back uh, Wednesday super late. Uh, That's another late one, and uh, I mean, if it's not a celebratory edition of caught off side, then I I'm truly horrified to think of what it will be. There's it can ch- only be a, a truly celebratory caught off side because anything else is, is too, too difficult to
1: comprehend. If, if it isn't a celebratory episode, then I think our podcast will go on fire. I think the U S soccer Federation will disband. They'll sell soccer house in Chicago and they'll get into the um, medicinal cannabis business with all the soccer fields they own because otherwise it It should be fun. It will be fun.
0: It will be fun. Uh, This was fun as well. 5-1 in a game they had to have. Props to Orlando. They were great. Uh, The fireworks, Andrew. uh, At halftime. At halftime, JJ. Oh, love it, man. Yeah. They're awesome. We should do more of those. Ah, couldn't agree more. I'm right there with you. Uh, this was fun, man. The U.S. 5-1 winners tonight. They're right on the doorstep. It's a thing of beauty. We'll be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the beginning of your week. We'll talk to you midweek. Hey, to you, I say.
1: Check you later, phone boy. See ya. Take care, brother. You've been listening to the
0: Caught Offside Soccer Podcast.